And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Brace Rider for the Athletic. Just back from today's game. I'm with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty out in Washington, former Braves reliever. What's happening, Eric? How you doing, man? I'm good. Did you get stuck in traffic? You know, I came home right after we did the Zooms at the ballpark, and I was on my motorcycle so I could use the HOV lane. And if I'd have been in my car, I would have been stuck in traffic. I got home relatively quick because I'm in the HOV lane. But I made the, I made the, the, the business decision to uh, – executive decision to leave before I wrote there. So – Glad I did. Anyway, man, I know it's only mid-April, so it sounds ridiculous in a 162-game season to say 12 games into a season that it's a must-win. But today felt as much of a must-win for the Braves as any game I can recall. You do not want to lose four in a row, get swept by the uh, Marlins at home. At home. Yeah. I mean- it would have been five. It would have been a five-game skid and a, the first ever four-game Serious sweep by the Marlins over the Braves. And it felt just like the last however many games where they just couldn't hold on late and kind of gave it away. But, uh, yeah, if, if they would have lost today, I don't think this team's ever going to panic, you know, knowing it's a 162-game mm-hmm. season. But it would have it been it would have been a tough one to swallow. You know, there were some good signs. There were some good things out of today. Not just the win, obviously, but the way they did it, because it felt a lot like the mojo they've had the last couple of years. They won these games all the time, you know, in the past. They just hadn't this year. Uh, you know, they lost three extra inning games this year, all three of them, and they hadn't had any lasted bad wins, and their opponents had, you know, several. So to do that today, uh, I thought for them can be a mental boost to you know, to to be reminded of you know how many times they've done this recently, uh, and, and to do it when Mentor gave up two runs in the top in of the, the ninth. ninth. Yeah. So that's the kind of the way this the, these games have gone lately, and they've lost those games when the bullpen hasn't held. So to come right back and do it, uh, yeah, pretty big. And there's some good signs the way they did it too. Patient at bats, working walks in that ninth inning. Freddie a ten pitch. Yeah. Played appearance for a walk. That was huge. Fouled off five pitches. Then, uh, like Snit said, in those at-bats, when you're in swing mode, the most impressive thing sometimes is when you can when you have a take, the takes when you're in that mode, you know? Yeah. His then, zone control is insane. Freddie can yeah. just – I mean, he knows. And anything he swings at that's just a little out of the zone, he's able to foul off. Yeah. And Ozzy did the same thing. Ozzy worked a walk, too. And that was – you know, that was big for a guy that's not to hit, not hitting a lot. He's shown some some decent signs the last few days of kind of maybe snapping out of it a little bit. Um, so, 
And, you know, Acuna did it again. It's just ridiculous what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's the MVP of the world right now, but uh, it was important for them to get another con- some contributions from other, from other guys. And today, Pablo Sandoval, I mean, you can't say enough about what this guy's done so far. This is ridiculous. I mean, he hit another multi-run pinch hit homer today, three-run shot. He's had three pinch hit homers, and the rest of baseball has seven pinch hit homers. I mean, he's 34 years old. He's had eight at-bats this year, and he's had three pinch hit homers. Every one of them has tied the game or put the Braves in the lead. I mean, it's not it's not extremely surprising because you've seen you know what player he was and what mm-hmm. he can do, but to do it off the bench is a whole new ball game, man. And we've talked about that before, how hard it is to stay ready. But yeah, I mean, I did. I he, you feel good about it when he comes up, you know. You you feel like you're going to get a good at bat and and he's going to put good swings on the ball and he can hit the ball out either way. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long you keep it up, but. I don't even know what the record is, but he's got to be. I mean, this pace would obviously set it, I'm guessing. I looked it up today. I thought it would probably be even more. The record is seven. It's been done twice, uh, both times this century, actually. Um, And it's uh, the Braves record for – I'm sorry, the Major League record for any month was a Rubio Durazo had four in – 2001, one month for the dot for the uh, Diamondbacks. So he needs one more to, to to tie the record two to beat the major league record for any month for pinch hit home runs. The Braves, I did not look up the franchise record. Um, it's less than seven, obviously, and it's less than six because there was also a list of people that had six. So it's got to be five or four. Uh, Gaddis had four in his first eight at bats. In um, in 2013 as a rookie, but he only had two more bats that year as a pinch hitter because he was playing a lot. He was hitting so much. Yeah, yeah. But he had four in June, like June 13th. He hit his fourth as a rookie, which was even crazier, really, than what Sandoval's doing. But uh, the thing I like about it is he's having good at bats, so he's not coming up yes. there just trying to yank homers. I mean, if he if he doesn't have a strike on him yet. Sometimes he'll take a pretty big hack, and if the dude's throwing hard, he might try to pull him. But today, he just went with the pitch. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if he was necessarily trying to hit a homer. He's just trying to hit the ball hard the other way. It, it, he runs into a three-run homer. But, you know, every time it's been a good at bat, even when he's been getting out. That walk he had a couple of nights ago yeah. was huge. I mean, that was yeah. a great at bat. Uh, last night? It's all a blur at this point. It's a blur right now. Um. So, and then Adrianza, here Adrianza is also having a lot of success as a pinch hitter and talking a lot to Pablo, you know, who's teammate with the Giants for a few years. And he's been talking a lot to Pablo about how to get prepared, you know, and they, so they start, Pablo starts getting ready like third or fourth inning and starts in pace, just zoned in on the game, knowing who he might face. He does, he does a lot of, uh, of uh, scouting on, on the possible pitchers he could face, knows, you know, you know, all those guys know when they're likely to get in the game situations and who the other team's pitchers are that are likely to face. Being a switch hitter, kind of he could face more of them. But uh, he's uh, he says he does a lot of, of of planning ahead, looking at what the pitcher's best pitches are, what they use in certain situations, what pitches they use. 
So, I mean, he's a real cerebral guy. He's really getting, he, he's really got this down to an art form now, kind of like Hinsky did. We talked about Hinsky, how good he was as a pinch hitter late in his career. You know, I think it's no, 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 uh, it's not, it's not coincidence that most of the great pinch hitters are the former, former regular lineup regulars, former good everyday yeah. players. Learned a lot, learn how to analyze pitchers and, and what to look for, you know, how to have good at bats, but you get one shot instead of four. So, you know, yeah. you got to make it count. You've had thousands and thousands of plate appearances at bats in your career. I think that's why what, what Gaddis did that year was just freak. You know, he's a freak in so many ways, but yeah. to do it as a rookie is just crazy, you know, <laughs> what he was doing. But this, uh, this bench is, 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 it's pretty solid. We thought it was going to be a weakness of the team. Well, we didn't think the one, the things that have been the weaknesses would be <laughs> starting rotation, uh, the bullpen lately. Uh, but the offense has just been, there's been so many guys on this team that are underperforming. I mean, beyond yeah. Acuna, nobody has, you know, Darno's, he's done okay, but that's it. I mean, Dansby had a walk off hit today, but Dansby, like a lot of, Guys in this lineup, their OPSs are like well under 600. Most of them, a lot of them are under 500. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you look up and down the lineup, there's one, two, three, four, almost five guys, you know, four or five guys under, under 600 with the OPS. That's, it's not where you're trying to be. Look at the lineup today, the third through sixth in the order and tell me when the last time you could remember a Braves team running out. And, and I mean, it's only 13 games into the season, but nevertheless, a Braves team running out a lineup like that with those numbers, third through sixth, third. That's ugly. And this is after no. the game, third Ozuna. Well, and even in the two hole, Freddie's hitting 191. He's got a 790 OPS. Yeah. Nobody's pitching to him, but Freddie's not where runs. he's going to be yet either. You know, but the home runs and that, you know, those, yeah, yeah the home he's, runs. He's, he's hitting five. with some power when he, yeah. Ozuna hitting 163 with a 479 OPS in the third hole. Albie's hit cleanup today with Darno out of the lineup. Albie's is hitting 149 with a 590 OPS. Well, he scared me when he came up in the ninth. Um, just because I, I know he's been fighting to get out of that hole. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought he might come up and try to do some damage. So I was I was really happy he threw together good at bat because he's he's hit a lot of pop ups, you know, especially left handed. Yeah. And that was the one thing you couldn't have happen there. But once Dansby came up, I felt like the game was over because he wasn't going to try to do too much. Yeah, I thought when they loaded the bases, the Braves are going to win with none out. They're going to win this game. They can't they can't lose this game. But then, then Darno got punched up on a yes. questionable pitch. <laughs> when Darno got struck, got uh, rung up looking, I thought, oh shit, somebody could ground into a double play, a comebacker to the oh. Aussie'd be tough to double up. Yeah. But I He's, mean, it's a different at bat for Dansby with two outs, bases loaded, then versus one. Yeah. Because yeah. once it's one, you know, he knows he just has to put the ball in play and he's quick enough. He could probably get a run in, at least tie it. So Ozzy hitting fourth today, 149, 590 OPS. Dansby, he had three hits today. Yeah, it's still and at 204. <laughs> so he got his average over the Mendoza line. He's at 204 with a still uh, still a sub 600 OPS, 597. And then Riley, he's just, ooh, he's not doing much, man. He's hitting 190 with a 451 OPS. I think yeah, he's, he's OPS he's the guy lower that's scaring than, me. He's OPS and lower than Acuna's OBP. 
Shit, yeah. Acuna's batting average is almost as high as Riley's OPS. Acuna's hitting 442. <laughs> oh, he's in another oh. galaxy right now. Uh, there was a great quote after the game today from Ian Anderson. He said, he said, I'm wondering when he's going to get called up to the next league. <laughs> he said, it's ridiculous, man. And uh, and uh, Pablo Sandoval said, oh, what, oh, I guess it's a great quote from Pablo Sandoval. He said, it's unbelievable. He's from another planet, <laughs> Pablo Sandoval said. <laughs> you know what was the crazy thing he did today? Because when I've been watching him, I've been thinking you got to pound him in. Yeah. You know, because he, he'll he take a fastball away and pull it to left center. He'll take a breaking ball middle and hit it out to right center. Yeah. But he covers that outer half of the plate so well. And you you also see him get a little flustered when when pitchers start coming in high and tight, especially after the Marlins hit him a few years back. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting there thinking he got jammed and broke his bat the previous at bat. I'm like, this is where everybody's going to have to live. And he went up there looking for it. And he Thank hit that fastball was probably five inches off the plate. Yeah, I don't know. I have no clue how he got the barrel to that because, I mean, it's you have to be cheating to it. But even cheating to it when it's that far in, that lefty's throwing at an angle too. You know, it's it's coming, it's it's bearing in on him, and he hit that ball. I thought it was going to go two hundred and twenty feet when I saw the live shot on TV. Yeah, that thing made it to the bullpen. That was yeah. That was that's a sign of what he's doing this year. The maturity he's that for it, has you know, talked that, about. That's the maturity. Yeah. As a hitter, he's just become so much more disciplined, and 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 he's covering. And and I talked to uh, Kevin Seitzer about that this week. We talked about exactly what Acuna did, the adjustments that he made. Because because uh, Kevin, I'll read these quotes from you. Kevin said this: the first day in BP at spring training, first swings, the first uh, swings he took, Seitz was like, "Holy shit! What's what did you do in the offseason? He goes. Worked on that stuff we were working on at the end of the year. Had time to work on it, huh? He spent a whole offseason getting himself in terrific shape, but also doing that stuff. And Seitzer was just blown away by the first on the first day of uh, spring training and predicted this basically. Even when he was struggling that first series, Seitz said, oh, yeah, he's, he can cover up these holes that he's had because he's had holes in his swing. He's yeah. just so good that he's still been able to put up big numbers despite those holes. But the strikeout numbers are way down this year because of it. Yeah, and the mental approach, you know, going up there looking, hunting the fastball in, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of guys will hunt that fastball in and chase the pitch that he chased, mm-hmm. and they can't do anything with it. But he's so freaking talented that he took a fastball five inches and off the plate and hit a bomb. You know, I, I don't even know how to explain how hard that is to do just to get to that ball and keep it fair. And he hits it out of the park. I mean, I asked, uh, it's scary thinking how good he could be. Yeah. I asked Charlie Morton yesterday, last night about, uh, so Charlie, you played with some great players, obviously in Houston and uh, and Tampa. Have you seen anybody get on a run like this? Because I forgot about a Rosarina last year in the playoffs. Yeah. And Charlie goes a Rosarina last year. It was like historic. He goes, I mean, Kutch there in Pittsburgh said I've had a chance to watch guys that I've had the pleasure of watching two MVP seasons. I've seen some of the more talented guys in the game. I feel like what. Acuna's doing, I mean, that pitch that he hit out tonight, I don't know. This was last night. Uh, he said, I don't know. I saw that with a, Ros- a Rosarina last year, and it's just mind-blowing. I'm also impressed with how he plays the game. He dug out that routine ground ball to Didi, the, the infield single, and just the throw that he made in the first inning of the start that I made in, that I made in Philly with Harper's double, well, it was a single that he got thrown out on the double. 
So just the tools. Yeah, I think the sky's the limit, needless to say. I just hope he stays healthy. And I think what he's doing right now is ridiculous. Charlie must be talking about that ball he hit out to opposite field last night. Yeah. Down yep. in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's why I thought you got to come in on him, and then he does what he does tonight. I mean, you just if you're on the other team's pitching staff, you're just scratching your head. I don't know why anybody's throwing him strikes right now. I guess because he's so fast on the bases. You know, there's really no way you can stop the guy. Um, yeah. Sandoval, here's the quote from Pablo. I asked him about Acuna. And he said, man, it's unbelievable. He's from another planet. He laughed and he said he can hit. He can run. He's a special guy. Young guy. Great talent. Come every day. I know he's going to get a hit. You know, as soon as he takes his first at bat. Uh that was his English speaking that without translator, which I, I appreciate Pablo doing that, trying to do that. He's, he's, he's a great dude, by the way, Pablo. Sam, you'd love this guy, man. He looks really like a good, good time. <laughs> really good guy. Had two different guys at two different interviews that you didn't even know what the other guy had said, said after the game today. Uh, both uh, Ian Anderson and Dansby Swanson said he's the man. Both of them said he's the man. Pablo, is he's the man. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> he said – but uh, as Dansby said, he was talking about Acuna and Sandoval. He said, for, for me, the most impressive part about Ronnie is we've all known the physical talent that he's possessed since he came into the league. But this year has been coupled by a different level of mental maturity than what we've seen in the past couple of years. I feel like he's really locked in on his craft, dedicated to what it is that he wants to do. And I feel like that was the big separating factor for him. If he could get to that point, then he would be able to do more than than just be an exciting star. He could be a superstar with that. He deserves all the credit in the world for his start and where he's obviously kind of helped keep us in for the first 13 games of the year. He said, and then Pablo, he's the man. I don't know what else to say. It's remarkable what he's able to do off the bench and how he's able to keep everybody in line and just kind of keep everybody focused on the end goal. So love me some Panda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point too is – and you got to think about it as Acuna's, I mean, he's 23. You know, I mean, he's he's learning all this stuff that you're supposed to be learning in the minor leagues at the major league level. Mm-hmm. If you look at look at like Miguel Cabrera or other guys that were up early and then what they what they were able to do once they learned the game, it's that's the only question with him is is, you know, is he gonna how's he gonna mature? How's he gonna handle having all his money locked up and, and all that stuff yeah. set up? Um, if he wants it, man, he's going to be the best player in the game. And it's and this year he's showing he wants it already. Yeah. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
how much concern do you have for for Freed? Uh, I, th- I th- do you think this little uh, could be kind of a reset going on the. This could help him the IO going on with the hammy. You know, we got the hamstring running bases the other night and tightened up on him. Uh, they're obviously not going to risk it this early in the season with a guy like him. Do you think a 10-day break might be good for him considering his last couple of starts? They were pretty they were pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, whether he's nursing something that he wasn't anytime a guy goes on the DL, you know, when they're struggling, you want to think that you know, the team's just giving them a break and they're not really hurt. But a lot of times, you know, they are nursing something and don't want to bring it up. And then once you go out there and fail over and over, you kind of have to be honest with yourself and realize you can't perform with the, with whatever you're dealing with, you know? Um, So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's one of those two things. He's either nursing something. That's why he struggled or he wasn't and he needs a break. But when I watched him, you know, it looks like he's, he's flying off more this year that I've seen in the past. And Mm -hmm. that little bit of deception you get from staying close and hiding the ball. I mean, it can, it can be an extra mile or two on your fastball and how it plays and flying open can be one or two off. So you're looking at a four mile an hour swing when you're staying close versus flying open. Um, So I thought maybe that, you know, maybe the hitters are seeing the ball better or maybe he's tipping pitches, but when a guy with his stuff gets hit the way he's been getting hit and struggles the way he has, you know, there, there's something wrong and you got to get to the bottom of it. Well, the, it's not the velo. So I don't think no. he's, and, and I think if he was, if it was a, you know, if his arm was sore or he had something else, then they could have put, put him on the IL with something and said, yeah. they don't need to make up a hamstring injury, you know? Yeah. And he was running the bases. And he had a double. So that's, I mean, yeah. that, it's easy to see where that could be legit. Yeah. No, I think it's a legit thing. And they said he went to get an MRI. And again, they haven't lied to us about saying a guy's going to get an MRI in the past, you know, and made it up. So, but uh. right. No, I think, I think it'll, it'll be good for him to get a little more time, but he's just got to get in the video room. And sometimes even if you're yeah. not tipping pitches yeah. or the, uh, the hitters don't, don't see what you see. If you can just find a tip on video and convince yourself, that's why you're getting hit. Just that confidence you boost, you get going out the next time can, can be all the change you need and you don't need to change anything, but he's, he's definitely off. I mean, I, you know, when it's one or two, you kind of want to just write it off and say, you know, maybe it's just a bad start, but three in a row is kind of, it's time for some adjustments. Progressively worse. Yeah. This one was just bad. Yeah. First one was okay. Second one, DC was pretty bad. This one was just bad. Just bad. Just didn't look like the same guy, man. Yeah. This last that's year. confidence too. could be losing confidence after a couple bad starts, but. You'd think he'd have it by now. I mean, he's had a lot of success. Yeah. I just thought he'd turn the corner last year. I didn't think we were going to see this. I mean, I know it's just three starts, but just didn't think we were going to see it. But he's got the highest ERA in the majors. Well, the good news is he knows throwing the way he is, and Soroka's coming back. Yeah. You know, so. You couldn't have asked Freed to pitch any better than Enoa had. So there you go. There's your (laughs) trade-off. Yeah. It always seems to work out like that. You know, it's been terrific, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that has been, somebody asked me, you know, what about Bryce Wilson? Is he going to, like, things happen, man. You can't, yeah. you can't have Noah make those two starts he made and then send him back and send him down. You got to ride that hot hand. You got to go ahead and keep going, see what he can do with this. And Bryce is going to get his chance coming up now. Yeah. We always say it takes care of itself. It is taking it care does. of it. Just Look at this. Every uh, time. Freed's going to miss at least one start, maybe two. Bryce Wilson's going to come up in his place. So. It almost always takes care of itself. People get all worried, you know, think a guy's banished or he's never going to be seen again. And never happens like that. Guys all come up. 
Well, it'd be a shame to to have to send Anoa down too with the run he's on, man. I mean, he could go on a run that builds that confidence that he just knows who he is and, yeah. and proves to himself where he he could he could ride this all season. You know, I mean, you can't say that's not who you are when he's pitching the way he is. And the confidence and the way he's attacking hitters, his breaking ball is legit. Um, yeah. You want to see him get the opportunity and get as many starts as possible. And without without things popping up, he might not have. I mean, he's averaging 97 with his fastball, and he threw yeah. 80 pitches the other day. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a horse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just goes back to – I was talking to Jeff Schultz today. We were talking about, you know, what went wrong in the offseason. I go, look, if you went, if you look at what happened in the offseason, the only guys they didn't bring back were Melanson, Green, Duvall. Okay, look at the games so far. And how many of the games that they've lost would they have won if they had those guys? They've lost because of starters and because the offense has sucked. Yeah. I mean, where would Duvall be playing right now? You know what I mean? Once once they didn't have the DH, Duvall didn't have a spot, and Duvall didn't want to go be a bench guy. He knew he'd get to play a lot in Miami. So I think the one and, – and, and I certainly thought they should have brought back either Melanson or Green. You know, One Melanson, of the two. Melanson signed for $3 million. You wonder – Sure, you're going to go to San Diego if the offices are similar and you get a chance to pitch out there. You know, got the $10 million house in Mexican coast and all that. And he's from the West. He's from Colorado, went to school at Arizona, you know, late in his career. If I'm choosing between pitching in Atlanta in July or San Diego, sorry, I love Atlanta, but I'm pitching in San Diego if I got the choice. <laughs> and I got a $10 million house that I just finished building on the coast that I could go to on an off day in Mexico. But anyway. Uh, Shane Green, obviously he's asking for too much so far because 30 teams have passed on him and half those teams could be, could use him. Yeah. Well, I, I think when they, when they didn't sign those two guys back, you know, it, but there were Martin, other guys. Martin getting hurt too, you know, that, that, that hurts, help, but well, that exposes the depth, the lack of depth too. That's why I think they should have got, if not one of those two guys brought back, they should have signed another reliever because there were yeah. relievers signing for 3 million here, 2 million there that could help this team. Yeah, but I thought, and they ran out of money pretty much, but I thought the one I was talking to uh, Bowman today about this, the one thing that we kind of raised eyebrows when the move was made, the one that we all kind of questioned was Drew Smiley. You know, if you knew you were going to go get Charlie Morton a week later, which they did, you know, maybe they didn't know they were going to get Charlie Morton at the time, but Drew Smiley for 11 million. The area where you have depth. The most the depth. depth. You <laughs> have depth. Yeah. And if maybe the only thing is Alex hasn't, you know, come up and said, you know, I thought I was going to have this payroll and it became this payroll. Maybe I wouldn't that have say that. It's never going to make right. Drew Smiley feel like I wouldn't assign you. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I can think of is that maybe he had this figure in mind because I don't think he would have put himself in a position where he ran out of money and he couldn't get that last bullpen piece or signed Duvall or whatever. I think he probably had thought the payroll was going to be this and he'll spend 26 million right out of the box and free agency on smiley and, 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 uh, and Charlie smiley is, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. He might have a good year, but he was coming off of 26, 27 inch pitch last year. He missed half the year last year, you know, of a shortened season. Yeah. He made, he had two really great starts, but basically that's what they were signing off of. And, and, and Alex said as much upon the signing that this is a gamble, but it's a high risk. I mean, it's a high reward potential, but yeah. we are, he acknowledged that they were taking a little bit of a roll of the dice on this one, 11 million on the guy that, you know, has had some injuries in the past and didn't pitch much last year. 
So I just thought that if you, if you want to go back and look at what they could have done differently, that's where they could have used that 11 million to get to maybe two relievers. You could assign, yeah, you could assign you know. Duvall and a good reliever or two relievers for 11 yeah. million. Duvall signed for this is a weird contract he signed. It's it's five million guaranteed, but it's like a two million dollar first year salary. Then the second year option is seven million with a three million dollar buyout. It's just one of the strangest contracts I've seen. So it's five million guaranteed. But you're not well, gonna tell me if you would have offered Duvall, because that's he would have got about seven in uh, arbitration. Yeah. You know, and they didn't want to pay that. So you got because I know he would have wanted to come back, you know. Well, I mean you could have offered him that same deal, apparently. I'm I'm sure he would have chose the Braves over the Marlins. You would think so, but, unless he just think he didn't think he was gonna play here once uh there was no DH, you know. But they could have signed him before they even got. You know, anyway, before they got Ozuna, but I mean that 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 type of contract that Smiley got though it worked out for Rich Hill. Rich Hill made four starts with Boston. Oakland gave him yeah. some cash, and he turned a whole career into it. You know, so when guys show up with these improved breaking balls or this wipeout pitch and they're striking out a ton, yeah, I get why I get why you take that gamble. It's, it's a just a matter of it. I think Hill was six million and, and Smiley got eleven. So. I mean that that eats up a lot of cash, um, but yeah, that was the one thing I thought of, and I've thought of this whole season. You know, it would be nice to have just one more, you know, because Minter's Minter proved a lot last year, but he still hasn't put together that solid one sixty two yet. Um, Matzik Matzik had some bad luck, like he struck out the side last night, and gave up a double. Yeah, that's that's a zero ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Unless you have a ghost runner on second base when the inning starts, yeah. Um, Webb, same way he had one of those innings. Where, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Webb, th- those extra innings have killed those. Yeah. I, I'm starting to hate that rule because it's killing the Braves. But you know, I think if if you knew that money was going to Smiley and you weren't going to be able to afford to pad your bullpen with just one yeah. one solid veteran guy that you know you know what you're getting out of. I'm not saying these guys had a lot of question marks, but because the bullpen held it. I mean. They played in all these games last year, and that's how they got where they got. They right. won all these games, and, and a lot of it was the bullpen. So, But Melanson and Green were big parts of that. And then yeah. you lose Chris Martin. You only bring four of those guys back. Yep. You lose one of them to an injury yep. right away. You know, Tomlin you brought back, but he's not one of those big four guys. He, he, he's big, but he's role. not a late he guy. He has his role. Yeah. He's not a back-of-the-bullpen guy. Yeah. So you're down to three of them, you know? And that ain't many when you're going when, – when your starters also aren't doing nearly what you thought they were going to do. They did early. They at least went five or six innings early, but lately you haven't even gotten that out of them. So, yeah. And you've put this. So, yeah, it's just kind of a, a lot of things have kind of been a perfect storm, perfect shit storm. And it'll get better. It I, will. I think it'll get better. Well, they're not even bottom, hitting and they're in every game. Line, exactly. Yeah. Bottom line, if you're scoring six runs a game like they did last year, it covers up a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But or when just getting big hits like last year, you know, they just yeah. haven't been able to get those big hits that they. Seem to always get last year, and and we we said it all year long. We're like, I don't know how long they can keep this up. Yeah, and they just kept doing it. I mean, it I think this months. year, this year just kind of explains how hard it is to do that consistently. It's almost like they're getting this. It's it's evening out a little bit because they've yeah. done it for three years. Really, <laughs> yeah. they won. They won the vast the majority of these close games. They Late. kept doing it. Kept yeah. getting a big hit, walk off hits, and just rallies with two outs when you're like down to their last strike. And you got to think, you know, it wasn't going to last forever, you know. 
And then, you know. This year I, they go down one late and you feel like they might lose. Last yeah. year, if they were down one late, you were like, oh, they're winning this easy. Yeah. And I think Sandoval was a huge add to the clubhouse. But, you know, you also had to subtract a little bit, too. You lost Nick Marcakis. He was good for those professional bats late in games and a good, good, steady guy in it. Tyler Flowers, good clubhouse guy. I think the clubhouse is fine. I'm just saying, you know, you lost a couple of familiar guys there. Um, really, though, you just look like we said down three through six. If those guys are hitting, yeah, that covers up place. a lot of this <laughs> stuff because you're not going into every – they're going into every late inning situation down or up a run or down two runs, you know. Yeah, and, and that'll turn to they'll start winning those. Because Acuna can't keep this up forever, my God, and he has just carried them so far. <laughs> it seems like he can, though. And I mean, Sandoval, you keep waiting for him to go over four or have a bad game, and he's he does something every day. When it happens, I hope everybody doesn't go. Oh no, what's wrong with Ronnie? Now, reality is what's wrong with Ronnie if he goes yeah. through a five-game skid. You know, at some point, I mean, yeah. it's just. What he's doing right now is he's going to lock up MVP by the before the All Star break in this race. <laughs> Have a bad second half and still win MVP. The I only mean, other guy I've seen on this tear on a tear like this was Cespedes when he got traded to the Mets. Felt like yeah. he had a home run every game yeah. and every big at bat he came through. I'm trying to think of other guys I've a seen. Rosarena this last year in a yeah, postseason. in the playoffs in the postseason in, in a postseason. <laughs> yeah. what he was doing. He was seeing the ball like Ronnie is right now, but. Uh, you know, and Acuna's not just doing it with home runs. He's doing everything. I mean, everything. He's running Throwing guys out, stealing like bags, beating man. out infield singles. <laughs> yeah. Gunning people it, down, making making running catches, leaping catches. He's doing everything. He's must-see TV. You I know mean, he's I mean, unanimous MVP right now. If, they if did it ended today, yeah. If it ended today. It's not even close. <laughs> but we're not one-tenth of the way yet, so. But it's going to be interesting. Um uh, what who else in the in the rotation? Uh, Charlie, I'm not I'm not worried about him. I know he gave up five runs, but again, that wasn't wasn't getting hit hard. He looks good. He just has that one bad inning. Yeah, you know, he just keeps having that one bad early inning. On last but night. when you watch him throw, he looks like himself. Yeah, you know, it's it's different than Freed. Just he just doesn't look in control. You know, he's hanging breaking balls, walking some guys. He just doesn't look like himself. Charlie looks good. Ian Anderson had a really good point today, by the way. You know, he gave up uh, what he gave up a two spot in the second inning and then only one more run in his other four innings. Could have been one spot. Yes. Birdie, birdie, that running on Ozuna on that ball was almost disrespectful. And I I was shocked he went because he had to hold up when the ball was hit and make sure it got through the infield. Yeah. The word is out, man. Yeah. Everybody's going to test Ozuna's arm because they know it's a bad arm. I didn't know it was like that. You know, I knew it wasn't great, but I didn't know it was like that. It didn't get exposed like that last year, you know. They got him out of there in time and into that DH role. I just he didn't have as many big plays early in the season where his throat, where so many people were testing his arm. Yeah, at least it doesn't remember. Doesn't I know he had one? He only played two games in right field, and I know he had a couple of plays like that in right field, but I don't remember so many early in. God, it seems like so many plays out in left field. I know there's been at least three. Well, today caught him off guard. Mm-hmm. He did I make a today, nice catch. He did make yeah, he one did. nice catch. But I think today arms. caught him off guard, though, because he didn't charge that ball very hard. And no. I think, you know, as long as he's prepared that you better come up throwing no matter what because everybody's running on you now after after today. Yeah. That video will get around. Everybody's going to run on him. The video got around from the other day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that video was everywhere. The two-hop throw. Yep. And then he did it earlier, too. On the road trip, he had to play like that. Terrible. Yeah. Um, 
Ian Anderson had a good point today, though, talking about his start. And you think of him because he came up last year, and from day one, he, he beats Garrett Cole. So when a no-hitter to the six inning, he beats the Yankees. But that wasn't at the start of the season. Right. He had spent the first month basically at the alternate site. And it, it wasn't until he had like three straight great starts at the alternate site. They said, oh, he's ready. Yeah. And then I went back, you look at his minor league numbers, and he does start slow. And Ian said today, because he's positive, he feels good about where he's at and everything. And uh, I asked him today about, you know, you, you, you gave up two runs in that Andy, but it wasn't really hard contact. And, you know, he had, like you said, it was the one was the Ozuna play, uh, ground ball double through. And I asked him, uh, does he feel like he's making progress? And he said, uh, definitely. The one positive is I've never really gotten off to good start. So I feel like I'm in a good place and I feel like I'm kind of close to taking off to be able to battle and get through those tough innings at this point is super beneficial and gives me confidence going forward. So that's another the, young guy with a good quote, you know, good mindset. He's talking about the rough start for the team. And he said, we haven't quite been able to match up the good pitching with the good hitting and get that clutch hit or that clutch out. We're still confident. It's a long season. That's one of the things that we're trying to get across to each other. We have confidence in this group and just a little bit of a rough patch going. So hopefully we can kind of jumpstart from what happened today. That was to the man. I was like, even like Snicker didn't try to downplay today's importance. They all said this was a big win. They needed to win this game. Well, getting swept at home would really hammer home that, you know, we, we got to clean it up. We got a problem, you know, turning around and also winning that game. They've been losing all year. You know, that, yes. th those games haven't gone their way. And that's kind of their MO is to win those games. Um, yeah. Watching Anderson, I, you know, watching Anderson, I I think the one thing that could could happen with him is the league hasn't seen him yet. You know, so now – if you listen to Astros hitters, they always talk about the jump on a guy's fastball that's in their scouting report. His is probably maxed out with that backspin and arm angle. Yeah. Um, you know, teams are start are going to start seeing him more, and that word's going to get around. People are going to know what to look for, and his velocity is a little lower than it was last year, so he's going to have to work a little harder. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The good news is they won today and they avoided being swept at home and they take a little momentum going forward to Wrigley Field where the Chicago Cubs offense has been even worse than the Braves. Yeah, I mean, significantly worse. David Ross has got to be kind of beside himself right now, man, trying to deal with this with this outfit. Well, if you're snit, you know your team's going to hit. Right, right. <laughs> you know, if, it, if you're in Rossi's shoes, you know, you're not sure. But I don't know, you know, if you were a manager, if there's anything worse than a team that just can't score runs. You know, you lose when you get a good pitcher. You know, when you get a good outing from your pitcher, you lose when you don't because yeah. you're just not scoring that would be the longest season to manage. So, I mean, it'd be a good good team for the Braves to run into right now. Get this. Right now, the Cubs, through 12 games, they are last in the majors with a 561 OPS. The next worst is the Brewers, 638. The Braves are way up at – they're like at uh, – I mean, compared to that, they are – the Braves are all the way up to 10th in, in OPS. Hard to believe, I know. <laughs> yeah. But that's Just Acuna. That- yeah. You take out Acuna's and that 719 team OPS goes down to literally up by 100 points, probably. <laughs> well, he's two hitters right now. He's he's yeah, putting up exactly. two 700s. <laughs> His is uh, uh, 1492. Yeah, he's almost two guys hitting 750 in your lineup. So they're just behind uh, Mets and the Nationals right now, 10th with the OPS, uh, even though they're hitting 221. But going back to the Cubs, last in the majors with a 561 OPS. Last in the majors with, get this team batting average, 163. That's unheard of. A dozen games, 163. That's That's a a pitcher's batting average. That's a pitcher. That's a good good hitting pitcher. Yeah. Bumgarner in the past was a better better hitter than that. Freed's been as as good as that. Only other team below 200 is Cleveland Indians. They're at 198. And they just got no hit. <laughs> I mean, the Cubs, it's not like they don't have anybody. Let's see. They have, uh, they've scored in, tw- in well, the lowest scores, uh, the Mets got 63, but they've only played nine games. The Cubs have scored 59 runs. Am I looking at this? Yeah. The Mets, 29 runs in nine games. The Cubs have scored 32 runs in 12 games. Two and a half runs a game. (laughs) Nothing you can do with that. 32 runs. The Nationals aren't much better. 35 runs in 10 games. You know, at least they had COVID, though. The Nationals, they're just getting guys back. They lost several guys to that early on. Uh, yeah. the, the, really, the Cubs are in a class by their uh, by themselves at the bottom of the offensive, all the offensive rankings. Where are the Braves with home runs now? Uh, considering Ronnie's leading the majors uh, right now individually with seven. seven. Braves lead. They're tied with the Reds for the Major League lead with 20. Ron's got 
Ronnie's got seven of those. Freddie's got what five. So they're uh, just looking at some other things here. You know where you know where the Braves are. are, are you know, today it was good to see them draw some walks because they yeah. had not been walking any. If they had they had forty walks even after today when they got quite a few, a few big ones at least. Yeah, forty one walks in and one hundred twenty three strikeouts. That's not a good ratio. One in the game in the ninth. Yeah, it, it certainly did. They, uh, I don't know. I think that's that's something when you're not hitting though too is yeah. you're trying to get out of that hole. You know, you don't want to walk because you see that 143 batting average up there. So guys are going to be more tempted to swing. But if they're not pitching to you, man, you just got to take those walks. And most of those are by uh, uh, three guys, too. Freddie. Acuna, Freddie, and Ozuna. He has drawn some walks. He hasn't hit, but he's drawn some walks. Um, the uh, – the, uh, you know, you don't want to start you, – you start out four and eight. Five and eight looks a lot better than four and nine. But the team, I was looking at the, the team, and uh, they had a four and eight start uh, recently where they team finished with 101 wins <laughs> for <laughs> to throw a bone to everybody out there. I got those numbers right here. I put that down. Um, it was, wasn't that long ago. I didn't have to go back to like 19. 19- 70 or anything. It was 2000 or something. One of Bobby's teams. We lost 10 in a row one year. And I'm pretty sure we still made the playoffs. I'm trying to look up what came year out, that was. The one year you came out of the gate? Yeah. Losing 10? Losing <laughs> yeah. 9 or 10? Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't matter, man. I'm, there's so many games. You no, can it's have how you're eight. winning and losing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I think that's what was kind of more alarming was. Yeah, the offense. Maybe less alarming though, because if they were just getting their ass kicked in their four and eight, it'd be a lot more worrisome than you know losing losing games that that you're down by a run or up by a run or that extra inning rules cost them a few times that mm-hmm. they could have won those games too. Yeah, they. Uh, it was it was the fact that you're not hitting and you're also not getting yeah. the starting rotation work that you anticipated getting and then your bullpen's got some cracks like so it was kind of across the board thing it wasn't like it's just one component that wasn't coming through so yeah but if just the record itself if you were four and eight it's like okay no big deal it turns around it's just they weren't showing any signs of turning it around that's why today was a big one man yeah but the Marlins team's a lot they're not bad man they're not bad I mean no they got some shit, good they pitching. went to the playoffs last year yeah. They got some arms. They got sure. some good arms. And they got a couple good bats, too. I like this kid Chisholm, man. That guy shortstop is good. You know, really when athletic. he caught my attention is when he took DeGrom deep. Because I was watching that game live, and DeGrom was throwing nothing but fastballs and just blowing hitters away. And he got, I think, 1-2 two or 2-2 two, two on Chisholm. And I was mm-hmm. like, here comes a high fastball, another punch out. And he hit it out. I mean, he, he got on top of a fastball up above the zone off DeGrom, which is basically impossible to do. Yeah. And the Mets announcers were just shocked. Like, they couldn't believe it. But I saw him do that, and then he hit a uh, ball to center pretty good in this series, too. I mean. Yeah. And he's a, he be a, he's a little dude. He's not yeah, big he's, at all. He's not big to be hitting Wiring. balls like he is. Dead center's a, a poking at truest. Yeah, I like him. He's got a good personality. He's uh, energetic. I like that kid. Um, and Brian Anderson can hit. And they got they got a few guys. Aguilar. They got some big boys in there, too. Um 
2003 Braves started out four and eight and had a minus 27 run differential in those games. They they finished 101 and 61. So we're going to 100 this year is what you're saying? Uh, I'm not saying that. Not in this division. <laughs> not in this division. Uh, by the way, Acuna right now with the 14, major league leading 14 extra base hits. He's matched Hank Aaron's the franchise most through 13 games. Ozzy set the record for uh, April with 22 a couple years ago, and he's on pace for Cooney's on pace for 28. That's pretty good, though, when you're matched with, with when you're even with Hank in 1959. Hank, going around with those names, yeah. But it's not. I mean, it for me watching it. It's like I said earlier. I don't know how to even pitch him. Yeah, because I felt like last year and other years when you watched him, you'd see when he wasn't getting to the fastball. You'd see when he wasn't doing this. And mm-hmm. as a pitcher, I naturally just look at it and think, you know, there's no reason to throw this guy anything but hard in right now. Yeah. And the the big adjustment of him making that and, and going up and looking for it, that's a mental thing. Because he you know he can hit it, but he's got to be looking for it to get to a pitch five inches off the plate. Yeah. But seeing him do stuff like that, you know, it, I think you might be – I think he might be getting that MVP. Uh, he's certainly shown plenty of signs that he's uh, that he's an even better player than he's been, you know, significantly. It just keeps developing. I mean, just the talent has always been there, obviously, just oozes talent. But now he's just becoming, a at 23, a more well-rounded player. I mean, he and who knows what the ceiling is on this guy, man. There isn't one. <laughs> you can't put one on him yet. Uh yeah, he's hit 442, leading the NL, uh, second in the NL, and he's leading the NL in like every category. I saw something the other day. He was he was like 99th percentile in, in hard in barrels and hard hit rate, along yeah. with 99th percentile in speed. Yes. So he was with Trout and Buxton and him. We're the only guys doing what he's doing. And the crazy thing when he runs is it doesn't even look like he's running hard. You can tell he's trying to scoot a little bit, but he just floats. And the way he can look at a play unfolding, take his eye <laughs> off, the, you know, instead of just putting his head down and sprinting, that's amazing that he can maintain that speed while looking at the play. They're not long strides either. You know, when he's no. trying to beat out a ball at first base, they're little short, powerful strides. Yeah, yeah. It's got a distinct little uh, running style. You're right. He flies. He's, the, the, the condition that he showed up in has made a difference. It really has in his speed. Yeah, I heard him talking today about maybe throwing him into center field. With you know, there's been some struggles out there, but I don't like him going to center field just because of how how active he is, you know. And and you're looking at him being your franchise player for quite a few years. Yeah, I don't mess with anything with him right now. I mean, you got already nope. already uh, got on base the first three times up today, two walks yeah. and a hit by pitch. <laughs> but I mean, you can put that guy in center. You can. I wish Riley was hitting for their sake because you could put Riley in right field, uh, or well, you don't want to you don't want to move Acuna though. Um, Heredia, Ender, hey Ender had a big hit today. I yeah, mean he, he had two hits last night and a walk, so he had that horrible at bat where you know with the bases loaded last night and the other one with the failed bunt a couple of nights ago. But I will give him he had two hits last night and a walk and he had a big hit today. So you know, yeah, he's already in that he's in that mode, especially with like the fan base where yeah. He could go 12 for 12, right. and as soon as he does something to mess up. Like you know, Luke. Yeah, like, like Luke. Luke. 
Luke could have seven good outings in a row as soon as he blows a game. Right. You know, it's it's really tough to get out of that space once you've kind of tested a fan base's patience. But 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 if he just does what he did the last couple of days, they can get yeah. by with him and Heredia. And just yeah, 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 yeah. Use the two of them there until uh, until you get Pache back and hope that Pache can hit a little better than he was when he was here. So, um, let's see. Major League leading 14 extra base hits. Matched Hank Aaron's pace with 13 in 1959 with Milwaukee. Yeah, Ozzy obviously 22 in 2018 in April. And Oh, he's also had – Acuna's also had five straight games in which he scored at least two runs, which I wouldn't have thought this, but that's the longest such streak by a franchise player in nearly a century. I wouldn't have thought that. In a century. Yeah. Since Andy High had a five-game streak like that when he scored at least two runs in 1926. I would have <laughs> thought Freddie would have done it at some point as much I as he's on base. I would have thought so too, man. His 17 runs scored in the first 13 games is the most for a Brave since the team moved to Atlanta in 1966. Damn. Yeah, I mean, he's just doing – he's just rewriting stuff. You just got to soak it in. You know, like when he's on a tear like this – you. <laughs> You just got to soak it in and enjoy it and, and realize what you're watching because this is just everything everybody says about him actually coming to light and, and him able to display it. You know, I mean, there's guys that you hear all these things about and they never put it together, but when he puts it together and it clicks, I don't know if there's a better player in baseball. There's nobody even close right now. No, not right now. Uh, you know, Buxton is having a great year with Minnesota, but yeah. it's not the same type thing. That's not going to, we know that's not going to last. He's kind of, but he's been in the league long enough yeah. where when he does this, you know what the ceiling is. You know, I mean, you don't feel like something clicks and he's this guy now, but with Acuna, man, you're still learning him. You're still learning who he can be. Yeah. I mean, Juan Soto is that guy too, but he doesn't have quite the same. He doesn't have the tools. tools. No, yeah. He doesn't. he doesn't have the speed. He's just a great, great, great hitter. Yeah. He might, I mean, he's probably the, I don't want to say the best, but he's top three best just pure hitters in the game. Yeah, for sure. I think so, for sure. Uh, we have to reevaluate Ron and, you know, midseason here. Let's <laughs> see if Cunha can keep this up because yeah. he's going to put himself right there too. <laughs> yeah. If he's if he's improved this much, if what he's shown so far. If his mental games where it was at today where he went up and sat on that inside pitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, you know, that, that ball shouldn't. Guys go up looking for that and just shatter their bat. <laughs> yeah, he sat on it. You know, it looked like it was. It looked like he got jammed and he had a home run. Yeah. All right. Well, three games with the Cubs starting, uh, and there are afternoon games too, starting Friday afternoon. And uh, we'll do another of these shows on Monday, probably. We'll do two get two a week again next week. So, and uh, certainly. No shortage of things to talk about, good and bad, but it's going to be interesting. The Braves have a chance, you know, to really get the thing going. This is the perfect opponent for them to face this week. Oh, just to get rolling, you know. It'd be nice to have an easy series. It's never easy, and it's going to be cold in Chicago, so good series to pitch in. But, yeah, it'd be nice to get on a little bit of a roll. How about that no-hitter by night, by the way, in 40-degree weather with no – dude had no sleeves on. <laughs> Some guys can do that. Yeah. I, I was thinking about all those no hitters, and I was just thinking it's a lot of it's got to be that defensive positioning. You know, yeah. I mean, it, you see lasers right up the middle now, and they're yeah. getting caught. But there's a no hitter. I mean, somebody's got a no hitter in the sixth inning every night. It looks like. Oh, since the shift went in, they're definitely 
the hit batting averages are down so many more no hitters. It's got to be, it's, and so many more no hitters taken into the sixth, seventh inning too. Yeah. That they we still want to move the mound back in the Atlantic league. Remember last week we were not even going to talk about that no hitter. Cause we're like, there's so many of them now. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one, the, one before we even had the show. <laughs> yeah. And he had a perfect game going until the ninth inning. If the dude moves yeah. his foot. It's a perfect game. Yeah. That's kind of chintzy, man. If I, that's kind of cheap. If you're uh if you're up there, it's one thing. I think it's okay to try to bunt and break up. I mean, you know, you might they might think you're an asshole, but that's one thing to try to bunt and get on and get a base hit. But a ball's coming at your foot and a guy's throwing a perfect game and you don't move your foot. That's kind of uh, I don't know about that. I it's think spoiler, it's, yeah. Spoiler it's a little perfect, though. I think bunting's worse. Yeah, you're probably you right. You try to you try to bond for a single in a perfect game, you're just a dick. <laughs> Everybody looks at you like that, don't they? <laughs> yeah. That's the worst move to make. Oh man. So anyway, oh the amazing stat of the day, I thought the White Sox have 20 no hitters. The Dodgers are the only team with more. Now you can understand the Dodgers though. Koufax, yeah. Drysdale, all those guys. And it's a pitcher's park. Right. Huge park. Used to be even the and the foul territory used to be ridiculous. I mean, there were yeah. so many foul balls caught for outs there. But uh, but the White Sox, I mean, you think about the great White Sox pitchers, and I know the White Sox have been around three times as long, or the Padres probably, or more than that, but they have 20 no-hitters, and the Padres just got their first one. Yeah. <laughs> and the Padres played in the hitters part two for a long time. I need the over-under on how many I mean, no-hitters will be this year. That's, isn't that crazy, though? Same sport, two teams. One of them has 20 no-hitters. The other has just got its first. It's just hard. I mean, it's that, that's that's why it's so hard to do, though, because how many cheap hits do you see given up? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 they, they had the list. It's only been like six or eight of the uh, no hitters that were perfect games, except for one hit by pitch. And I covered one of those, Kevin Brown, 97. That's believable. <laughs> 97, Candlestick Park. You facing Kevin Brown in Candlestick Park, which is a nightmare anyway, with the cold wind swirling all the time. And he's throwing, that was that two year span where he had those, he had those. Bowling, every every hitter that faced him said it was like hitting a bowling ball. That sinker he is was – his 96 season to me was the most dominant season I've ever covered. And I covered some great seasons with some great Braves pitchers. But his 96 season was ridiculous. And then he threw the no-hitter no in 97. His sinker was just – he didn't have to throw much else. He'd get up there no. and throw sinkers, man. And, and guys just couldn't hit it. It was like Mariano Rivera's cutter almost. Yeah. Who do you think would throw one if the Braves have one this year? Um, well, if he wasn't coming from back back from the injury, I'd Soroka. say probably Soroka. Yeah, that's but Ian my Anderson, money would be on. he had a lot of uh, games last year where he didn't give up many hits at all, too. Did well, Freed did too. Yeah, I think Freed could do it. Yeah, if Freed gets back to normal, it's a tough pick Freed's, right now. But <laughs> he had so many starts last year where he gave up fewer than five hits. Yeah. But I'd, I'd go Soroka. I just don't know if he'll get built up to go nine. Yeah, he he wouldn't he wouldn't have enough. You know, he, yeah, he'd need he a couple months to be throwing nine to try to get a no no. But yeah, yeah, they got so many guys that pitch the contact. You know, who threw the last Braves no hitter? Charlie's the guy that gets tons of strikeouts. You know, I mean, he you would think he'd be Charlie the guy. could do it. Yeah, he, he gets a lot of strikeouts. Drew he'd Smiley, calm, if he gets going like he was last year, but got a long way to go for that. 
Uh, the last brave to do it. Wasn't it the combination one? The combined no hitter to look it up. Merker. Kent Merker threw one in 94 and then they had a combo in 91. Was Merker's the last no hitter? Is that possible? It says Fulty threw one in 2017. Fulty didn't throw a no hitter. <laughs> All this shit's probably wrong. No, Fulty had a no hitter going at Oakland until the ninth inning. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? The kid, the, uh, the Olsen hit the home run. That's right. Kid from down oh, here. Yeah, he's under close calls. Shelby Miller almost got one. Yeah. Shelby Miller almost did. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, Smoltz uh, almost Nuke, had one. Nuke got to two, two, to yeah. the last strike. Nuke got to the last strike. But where's the list of no hitters? Isn't it Merker? Merker's the last one. That's crazy, isn't two it? Of them. But all the the big three were all kind of contact pictures. Smoltz had a lot of strikeouts. You know, you thought he might do it, but 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 Maddox not glad to be bothered to throw one. <laughs> no. Nah. He's like Grinky. Grinky doesn't want to throw one because he doesn't want to have to talk to the press about it. <laughs> They've had a few thrown against them. Yeah. Including the perfecto. I was at the Randy, one that Jimenez threw. Randy Johnson's perfect game. Yep. Eddie made the last out. Um Let's see. Yeah, Merker in 94. That's that's hard to believe that it's been with all that pitching. 27 years. And that Merker was part of the last two of them. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. Yep. Yeah, that's it's it's nuts when you look at that Negro in 73, and there's only been two since then, since 73. 50 almost 50 years. And one of them was a combined no-hitter. And then White Sox just had two that were almost perfect games in like what two years, three years? Yeah. Well, I but I put my money on it if you know all these guys, MIT grads or whatever, that are giving the outfielders and infielders GPS coordinates on every at bat. You know, if, if Smoltz and Glavin and Maddox had those guys positioning their infielders right. back then, right? You gotta right. think they would have ran into one. I think so. I think Smoltz would have for sure. He had this strikeout stuff and cheap ground ball in the hole. Now there's the infielder standing right there. Mm-hmm. You know, shallow, shallow blooper to right center. That's interesting. For, yeah. With the, what, what would Maddox have done with, uh, with shifts? I know Glavin didn't like the shifts, right? He wanted his guys to be lined up straight. Yeah. But Maddox could have pitched to it too. You know, he had such good control and control of how the hitters would yeah. swing. I mean, he probably could have placed them himself and just had them hit it right to him. <laughs> he would have moved them around just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put all, he I, would have put all, all, all his fielders on one side of the plate yeah. or on one side of the infield and had him hit it right into it. And then go, all right, now go over to the other side. Yeah. Let's see if Let's I get <laughs> Game of horse. <laughs> all right, man. Well, we'll talk again. Uh, we'll do another show on Monday. You guys give us a call, give us a, or give us a listen and give us a great thumbs up recommendation. Approval. Your approval. We seek your approval. We need it. We need your approval. <laughs> We like yeah, you. Dave's, Dave's got to pay for a better internet connection. I do. You we made got it through the day without you didn't you didn't you didn't glitch today. Yeah, I didn't glitch today. I had, I'm going to call an AT and T by the way and said you guys got to get my shit better. That's it. I'm moving. I'm moving to another company. That podcast will jump you to the front of their priority list. That's what I got to tell them. So I'll talk about your pot, your internet service on the podcast if you don't fix it. <laughs> All right, seven fifty five is real. We're out.